0: Richard, we are at 1,000. How did this happen? I honestly, I don't know. <laughs> uh, all we we just like to talk, we like to record, and um, we just stumbled into this thing.
1: I remember the hundred show. You were pretty excited about 100 shows. I was very excited
0: about 100 shows. Uh, you know, back then it was all so new and so fun and we were the only podcast anyone was ever listening to at all, practically. Right. So uh, it was it was a big deal back then. Now it's like, yeah, we're just going about our daily grind. Nice. And uh, we we came upon this epic number. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to roll the music because I have something real for Better No Framework today.
1: Awesome. <laughs> All right, buddy.
0: What do you got? And it has nothing to do with the framework. It's actually a blog post by Troy Hunt. tinyurl.com slash Troy gets simple. As you know, if you've been listening to .name rocks lately, uh, Richard and I have a love affair, as do Scott Hanselman, have a love affair with uh, DN Simple, Anthony Eden's uh, empire of, you know, DNS management online. That's just easy. Of
1: awesome. Well, we've got another convert. Troy hunt yeah we saw him at NDC and and uh, Anthony was there too so this is his blog post moving from GoDaddy
0: to DN Simple an illustrated journey <laughs> nice. and he sort of compares and contrasts all the 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 difference between signing up for GoDaddy versus signing up for DN Simple and nice. just the number of screens and the number of cruft and oh the the girls you know that they advertise with GoDaddy does. Uh, it's just a very funny blog post. So we've got another convert. And There you go. Another believer. So that's it. That's all I got. Just go ahead and read it. I'm not going to try to read it for you. You just got to see the the You got to see things. it. It's
1: very visual. He actually shows the difference in the graphics and distractions and all that sort of thing. Right. All right, Richard, who's talking love to us love on love this it. momentous occasion? I grabbed a comment off of show 800. Okay. Cuz why not? You know, got to do a zero, zero comment on a zero, for a zero, zero show. And that was the uh, 800th episode, which we did with uh, Hanselman and Connery. All right, Remember? That, I do remember that. Yeah, it was fun. It was a romp. That's what that was. Yeah. So it was just a romp discussion of. Of all the madness. And uh, this here's a great comment for you. This is from Brandon who says, 800 episodes? Now that's something. I've been listening to this show for a few months and just recently started an internship position using ASP.net and C-sharp. So, what you guys talk about is starting to actually make sense. I like a guy who's listening to the show before he necessarily (laughs) understands it. That's pretty cool. It's cool. I follow Scott on Twitter and his feed is always interesting and I follow both of you guys as well. I have a background in PHP. Huh. So, a lot of the terminology has a learning curve for me, but I'm learning. I've also considered trying out Pluralsight. Hey, look, the sponsorship model works. Yeah. I know you guys sponsor them. No, 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 no. Ooh, they sponsor us. Right. It's the other way around. Right. Uh, anyway, I just want to say congratulations on episode 800. I'd love to get my hands on one of those dotnet Rocks mugs. It sure look great on my new desk. Well, your desk may not be new anymore, Brandon, because this is from a couple of years ago. <laughs> but uh, thanks very much for the for the fun comment. Uh, we will send a .NET Rocks mug out to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at .NET or on any of our mobile apps. We've got them for iOS, Android, Windows Phone 7 and 8, and Windows 8. And those apps were built by Diatom Enterprises. we would love to build you an app, just go to DiatomEnterprises.com.
0: We did ask people to send us their stories about how .NET Rocks has affected their life, how it's affected their career specifically. And we got a lot of interesting stories, none the least of which was from Mary Jo Foley. So Mary Jo, how has .NET Rocks changed your life?
2: Oh, so many ways, but... The, the one I remember most or talk about most is, thanks to you guys, I no longer fear bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys remember this? Remember I, I do. late 2012, you guys brought me out to San Jose as part of your minivan tour around the U.S.?
0: Yeah, and you could not help but be encased by bourbon because it was everywhere. We had a lot of it by then. I think it
2: was. Oh, you guys had so much bourbon and you know, I, I was a bourbon virgin, I have to admit. Yeah. And, uh, I, I asked you guys to let me try some, but make sure I didn't get hurt in the process and you complied. (laughs) Yeah. So it was really fun. We get to hang out in the van. I think we were out there till like four o'clock in the morning in a parking lot in a motel in San Jose drinking bourbon. And the next day I thought, oh man, I'm going to be wrecked. But I wasn't because you guys only poured me deliciously high quality bourbon.
0: And you know the rule, which is if you don't mix it with sweet stuff, you won't get a hangover.
2: I didn't know, but now I do. I felt great the next day and we had a great time that night before the bourbon because we, we get to hang out with a bunch of people who came to the event that we did and we recorded a tablet show, I think during that one. So that was really fun.
0: It was. So do you still drink, do you drink bourbon on a more regular basis now?
2: Um, I've had it more now. Like when people offer it to me now, I'm not like running away in panic, screaming. I, I, I don't really know it as well as I know beer, but, Hmm. um, it's, I, I feel I feel less afraid.
0: Do you think people have a fear of whiskey in general?
2: Um, I think people like me who mostly drink wine and beer probably fear it more <laughs> because I, I just was like, oh, man, I, I don't, I'm i not used to drinking this and it's not going to end well. But it ended very well. And you
0: drink it differently, don't you? Then you drink yes. wine and beer.
2: Way differently. Way, way differently. Yeah. And then we had you guys on uh, Windows Weekly with us and you became kind of known as the Bourbon Brothers after your <laughs> episode. you had Leo talking about bourbon for like, I think, 20 minutes on the show, which was awesome. It was really fun. And he said, wow, we can have those guys back. That was really fun.
0: From What's weird is from our perspective, see, we started liking bourbon before it was really hip. So from our perspective, it's almost like, well, did we cause that? <laughs> <laughs> Because we have a radio show, and then we started going to conferences where all of these .NET guys were drinking bourbon all of a sudden, and they were really into it, and drinking a lot of it, actually. Much more than we were drinking, and we we sort of looked at each other and said, do you think we're responsible for
2: this? (laughs) I think you're responsible for it, in a good way. I definitely (laughs) do. You guys should do a bourbon pick of the week on your show. We do beer pick of the week on Windows Weekly.
0: Oh, boy. We get a whole entirely different kind of reputation then.
2: I know. That's true. We kind of have that on Windows Weekly now. People, <laughs> it, It's funny because people start uh, associating us with different things. Like every time I say Hadoop on our podcast, people are like, drink. And like they all put it on Twitter and people <laughs> are kind of like, what's going on right now? I'm like, oh, we're talking about Hadoop on Windows Weekly. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, you get these little like games going because people start associating you with things like like it's, it's funny now in New York, when I walk down the street, people who know me from the beer pick of the week, like say, hey, what should I get for a beer? Like I've run into a couple of people at my local bar who know me from Windows Weekly, in fact, just this weekend, and they wanted me to pick their beers for them, which is pretty funny.
1: Yeah. And that happens to us quite a bit when it comes to, to the brown liquors. I I mean, how many how many scotch tastings have I assembled over the year? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep, yep.
1: Yeah, that's true. Are you a scotch drinker? I am not. Well, that's next. We can fix that.
2: <laughs> that's the next minivan tour. There'll be a scotch theme. Absolutely. Are you guys doing any more of those tours around the US.net rocks tours?
0: We probably will, but there's nothing nobody's asked us yet, but it,
1: it's all about timing. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a mad part of life when you do those things.
2: Oh, I know. You, and you guys are gone from home for like months, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They tend to
0: be all consuming.
2: Yeah, I bet. Ooh.
0: Yep. And, you know, logistics are a, a challenge.
2: Yeah. Who, who was the guy driving the van? It was a friend of one of you, one of your guys.
0: Yeah, that was Alan. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. He was great. He was great, too. I'm, he was like getting all in the conversation. We were talking about Microsoft and tech while we were in the van and he was all in it. So that was fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Carl's always the one who finds the drivers. Yeah. Consistently. Yeah, and I'm always the one who tries to destroy the driver's life.
2: Actually, <laughs> I was going to say you're the one who torments the drivers.
1: Yes, that's true. <laughs> because they start tormenting me, and and I know how to deal with that.
2: Have you guys seen the new Surface Pro Three?
1: Haven't. It's very pretty.
2: It is. Yep, I've got a loaner one, and uh, it goes on sale on June twentieth, so you'll have to check it out.
0: And is it is it like much much better than anything else that's out there, or what?
2: Um, it's better than the other Surfi. Mm. surfaces, mm-hmm. whatever you would say, but, um, I, I still kind of like my ultra book more than I like this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I we're laptop people, aren't we? Yeah. Really?
2: Yep. yep. Mm. Yeah. I need something lappable as Microsoft likes to talk about. <laughs> I type in my lap a lot and, and it's hard with those surfaces because they're, they're still a little tippy, even the most recent one, it's better, but still kind of can fall off your legs pretty easily.
0: Well, what's what's next for you, Mary Jo? What do you are you just continuing to do more blogs and more uh, video casts, and that's your thing? Yeah.
2: That's still my thing. Yep, and uh, I'm going to go to TechEd Europe this year, which I'm looking forward to. Barcelona.
1: Back to Barcelona. Awesome. Yep. Wish I
2: could yep. go. I know. I've never been to TechEd Europe, so this is uh, my first time going. I've been to Barcelona before, but never TechEd Europe. So, yeah, lots of shows coming up from Microsoft, lots of launch events, et cetera. Um, how, do yeah. you f-
0: how do you feel now about the future of Microsoft? I mean, it's been a while since we talked, but uh, mm-hmm. how are you feeling about them?
2: I'm feeling way more bullish than the last time we talked about them. I feel like they're doing some things that they really needed to do, and they were a bit reticent to do, like doing more cross-platform support for their various products, Um you know, not being afraid to do things like Office for iPad before Office for Windows. So I think I think I'm more bullish. I I know not everybody who some especially some of the loyalists, you know, the long term Microsoft users, they're not as bullish as I am because they're like, oh, we like the Windows first, Windows best thing. But I think they're doing what they have to do to be competitive.
0: Yeah, and do you like what they're doing for developers with Xamarin support and all that?
2: Mm-hmm. I do. I I kind of thought they were going to buy Xamarin, but I I. Now I'm thinking maybe not, but they're at least are partnering really tightly with them. And Soma and Miguel seem like BFFs now and it's all good. Yeah, I I think they're doing the right thing, getting more cross-platform development frameworks out there and not being afraid to say to the .NET developers, hey, guys, sorry, we kind of slighted you, but we're coming back to realizing we need you. And I think they have to do that.
0: Hey guys, this is Troy Hunt. Crikey, 1,000 shows already? Doesn't seem like it's taken that long. You guys have been a part of my daily drive for a whole big whack of those 1,000 shows and I'm really happy that I've actually been able to be on a few of them. Uh, as well as catching up with you guys in Norway recently
2: and just having a fantastic time. Uh, love what you guys do. Really looking forward to the next 1,000 and uh, let's uh, make sure you get me on a few of those ones too, fellas.
0: Thanks very much, guys. Love your work. You rock.
4: Carl and Richard, what can I say? This is Michelle Larue Bustamante, and congratulations on reaching your 1,000 shows. So, how awesome is that? Um, what do I want to tell you? I guess after all these years, I thank you for inviting me to have these great conversations with you and you've made me laugh. You've made me cry. Okay. Well, maybe not cry exactly. Maybe laughing so hard I was crying. But anyway, ultimately the conversations have always been super fun and, uh, informative. And I know it's bringing great value to the community. So, um, what can I tell you, you know, uh, love you guys and, Thanks for, you know, letting me uh, have my little tradition of telling uh, bad bar jokes at the end of each show because I'm hoping that that's brought you and your audience some uh, very important and equally useful, um, hmm, okay, well, maybe even a useless moment of laughter, something like that. So uh, on that note, let me tell you a new one, okay? So this man walks into a bar and he says to the bartender, I want you to give me a 12-year scotch and don't try to fool me because I can tell the difference. So the bartender is skeptical and he decides to trick the man and give him a five-year-old scotch. He takes a sip, he scowls, he says, bartender, this crap is five-year-old scotch. I told you I want 12-year. So the bartender tries once more and he gives him an eight-year scotch. And the man takes a sip and he grimaces and he says, bartender, I don't want an eight-year scotch. Give me a 12-year scotch. So the bartender is pretty impressed at this point. He gets the 12-year scotch and passes it over and he takes a sip. Ah, now that's the real thing. So there's some drunk in the corner. He's been watching this with uh, great interest and he stumbles over and he sets a glass down in front of the same man and he says, hey, try this one. So the man takes a sip and spits it out and says, oh my God, this tastes like piss. And the drunk says, yeah, now how old am I? (laughs) And on that note, have a great day, guys. Congratulations again and uh, hope to see you on a show again soon. Take care.
1: and Carl. It's James Montemagno, and I first wanted to congratulate you both on a thousand amazing episodes of DotNet Rocks. It's really mind-blowing. It was an honor and pleasure when I was asked to tour all over the United States with both of you on the .NET Rocks 2013 Roadshow. I had the most amazing time of my life. It's a memory that will last forever. We got to talk to so many developers all over the States working on astonishing projects. You're both the most sincere and genuine people that I know. And again, congratulations on a thousand episodes. And here's the next thousand.
0: Richard, when I say the name Jeremy Clark, what do you think?
1: Uh, That's the story we got about him listening to the episode on is software too complex? And it inspired him to get more involved in the community. That's right. And
0: uh, we talked to him recently and he told us the entire story.
5: I've been listening for a number of years. I was actually kind of a cube dweller as a corporate dev. And um, I really kind of wanted to move beyond that, but didn't really feel like I really had anything to offer. So um, way, way back in August 2009, it was show 476. Uh, It was a panel discussion about is software development too complex? And uh, that really struck a bell with me because you know, all the stuff that was flying at us in the .NET world was kind of driving me crazy at that point.
0: It was driving us crazy, too, by the way. Yeah, one <laughs> of the
5: topics that, that came up was that there's a lot of people who were talking about kind of the new and shiny things that were coming out, but there really wasn't anyone who was talking about kind of the basics of .NET. And that was a time where, again, I didn't really feel like I had much to offer, but I thought, you know what? I know the basics of .NET, and I'm really good at the intermediates, and I'm really good at teaching people how stuff works. And so that really kind of inspired me to say, hey, you know what? Maybe I should just try presenting out in public. And so there was a call for speakers that came up it was a local code camp in southern california and uh, i basically took that as a challenge and uh, i was probably a little over ambitious i signed up to do three talks but i had eight weeks to prepare for them so i figured i'd be okay and uh, what i found out is that i really loved it And my talks went really well. I loved watching the light bulbs go on as people were learning. And it was great to see that I did have something to offer. And that just, uh, you know, that, that really changed my outlook. At that point, I just started talking wherever anyone would sit down and listen. So I was bugging user group leaders. Hey, let me come speak at your stuff. I was going to code camps. And so, you know, here we are four and a half years later, and I've done 120 presentations. And it's just been an amazing trip. And so because of that, because I've been so active as a speaker, Microsoft recognized me as an MVP. And so I'm on my second year as an MVP, and hopefully soon I'll be on my third year. And then uh, last year I started doing Pluralsight courses, and that was huge.
0: And you found a niche, right? You found that this was at a time when everybody was in the shiny and new and nobody was talking about the fundamentals. And there was a lot of people like, you know, walking around saying, yeah, but I don't even know how to use dispose. Why are you talking about it like I know? Right. Right.
5: Exactly. And what I found is I've I've kind of settled into those intermediate topics that are hard to grasp onto so things like interfaces things like lambda expressions things like delegates dependency injection design patterns and so you know i really have found my niche there and i really love to watch
0: people learn that's great what a great story jeremy and you yeah. think do you think that you, seriously in, you attribute this to listening to that show that's when the light bulb went on
5: well it was it was the kick in the butt that i needed You know, that's really what it was. It was, again, me thinking I didn't have anything to offer and people saying, hey, you know what? We need this. And so I took that as a challenge. So yeah, it sounds really minor, but that's really what got the ball rolling. At
1: the same time, there's always been this argument that we don't have enough new .NET developers. And here we were making it hard. So, you know, thanks for helping everybody out here to, to make it easier for new developers to get to speed.
5: Yeah, I'm doing my best. And uh, it's really cool to get emails and tweets from around the world of people who are able to get benefits from what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, again, I've found my place where I fit in. I love what I'm doing. And I just love watching people learn.
0: That's so great, Jeremy. We'll continue to rock on.
5: Awesome. I'll be sure to do that.
0: All right. Thanks for telling the story. So, Richard, you were a build. I was. I was not a build, but I did notice that Jason Olson from Microsoft had a had a great talk on MIDI and audio
1: in Windows 8. Right. And MIDI and, MIDI and computers is near and dear to your heart. You've been involved in it for years.
0: Yeah, I have. Um, In fact, I wrote my own MIDI library for .NET way back when, and there there has been MIDI in Windows as long as there's been Windows. But with Windows 8 and Windows Store apps, MIDI was missing, uh, you know, initially. So uh, he and Pete Brown did a talk on the the MIDI library for uh, for Windows 8, and um, he's also a jazz piano player and is also a huge fan of my music. And I remember when I told him that. uh, John Schofield was playing on my album. Been a while. He was so excited. He he. It was John is like his idol, and we were at uh, Ted Nugent's party, and uh, and I told him that, and he just couldn't stop swearing <laughs> about <laughs> it. He's like John F and Scofield. Are you kidding me? He was just so freaked out and so happy for me. Uh, well, anyway. Uh, He's a huge fan and I'm a huge fan of Jason. So we had him on recently to talk about uh, this new MIDI library. Short. It's a short clip, but we'll listen to it.
3: So in Windows, I now work on a team called the Media Creation Team. One of the things we're really looking at is how to build a really incredible platform for audio and visual experiences, whether it's video editing, whether it's audio editing, whether it's, you know, music creation or what have you. This is something that historically Windows has been good at in the past, like looking way back in the past, and we've kind of fallen off lately. So we're renewing our effort to really make a lot of improvements to the platform, whether it's WinRT or directly in Windows itself. to make a good experience around using music devices and creating music anywhere I'm at at any time.
0: So, um, the long and short of it is you've got MIDI and audio synths, like you can trigger samples with very low latency. And this is in Windows 8 only?
3: Exactly, yeah. It's Windows 8 and above. And specifically, our MIDI API is something that's available in a NuGet package right now as a preview. And any app, any Windows Store app can actually ship with that. So it has a Go Live license, and it allows you to connect to MIDI devices, use MIDI devices any way you want from Windows Store apps. And then the audio API side is using an existing API that we have called Wasapi, which is the Windows Audio Session API, Mm -hmm. to actually get really low latency so that the app feels responsive under my finger. You don't want to be playing a piano app where you touch the screen and then you don't hear the sound for a quarter second or a half a second. So, it allows you to get that really nice feel under your fingers.
0: And this is really for just triggering samples, right? Do you have anything for sort of software synths? I know that you did some work in software synthesizers.
3: Yeah, so the it since it's the Windows Audio Session API, the app can basically do whatever it wants to generate any of the uncompressed audio. So if you look at an app out there from our great partners at ImageLine called FL Studio Groove, they took their uh, synth engine from FL Studio and incorporated it into this Windows Store app. So you have all sorts of really cool synth sounds that Mm -hmm. you can do in FL Studio. Or, you know, there's future enhancements to the MIDI API that we're looking at that we We've heard a lot of feedback from people from Build around, you know, including a MIDI synthesizer and all that kind of stuff. So it'd work on any machine. But there's no built-in synthesizer itself right now. It's all responsible of it's the responsibility of the app to trigger the samples and to generate all the audio, which really makes it extremely flexible.
0: Yeah, and this is stuff that we've had on the desktop side. I actually wrote myself, I wrote a MIDI library that uses the low-level MIDI API in Windows. So, it's been around since Win32 on the desktop side, but there really wasn't anything in the box for MIDI in WinRT, right?
3: Correct. We. It's something that we've heard, and it was something that we were wanting to ship for a while, but it was kind of lower on the priority list with some of the previous direction Windows was headed. And now this is something where media creation, having an entire team dedicated to media creation, we can do these kind of scenarios by not being, let's say, dedicated and so busy working on audio driver issues or video driver issues that we can dedicate to enabling these really cool scenarios that I know a lot of us, us musicians, actually love having in our tablets when we're moving. And it's something that Apple is absolutely fantastic at enabling for their customers.
0: So it's just the beginning for Windows apps, Windows store apps. Hey, um, where can we find out more about this stuff and is there a NuGet package? Is there a website? Yes.
3: So for the MIDI stuff, there is a NuGet package that you can find out there on nuget.org. Um if you just search for MIDI, you should be able to find it there. That's the that has a go live license. What's the name of it? So, the name of it that you can find is the WinRT. It's like WinRT API Preview for MIDI or something like
0: that. Okay. That's great. And, uh, Jason, you know this is Show 1000, right?
3: Oh, absolutely. And one of the reasons I'm completely excited you asked me onto it.
0: Well, and uh, we like to do these giveaways in the middle of our shows, but this uh, we're going to do the giveaway with you. Is that Okay.
3: That sounds absolutely fun.
0: And we'd like to do it in a different way. Um, because we have three sponsors, we have three products to give away. Uh, one from Telerik, one from Dev Express, and one from Component1. So, what I thought I would do is we could give you a little music theory quiz. Is that okay? And if you get the oh, answers right?
3: boy. Just
1: a little ad hoc. You know, don't worry. They'll be simple questions. Certainly. All right. Because you're also a musician. So, you know, it only makes sense that, yeah. you know, have a few challenges there. But, you know... Carl, it is the 1,000th show. True. Maybe we've done contests like that before. Maybe we should take this up a notch. Can we do more? Well, what are you thinking? I don't know, Make it a little more challenging, you know, uh, maybe work the other way around. Can we get a musician involved as well?
0: Like have a music expert that can answer C-sharp questions, maybe? Now, that would be interesting. Yeah, you know, I think that's a good idea. John Schofield, are you there? Hello.
3: Oh, you have to, you have got to be kidding me. Hi, it's me right here on your headset. (laughs) It's like one of my jazz heroes.
1: And one of the nicest guys I've ever met.
3: Oh yeah,
6: well, on a good day, you know.
1: John, where are you calling from?
6: Well, let's see, I'm in a car right now, but I'm in uh, Chappaqua, New York.
0: All right. Are you up for answering a few C-sharp questions? you dabbled in programming.
6: You got it, man.
0: I'm ready. All right. I'm going to ask you both three questions each, starting with John. And uh, if you both get the question right, uh, somebody will win a prize. The first winner will be Bernhard Richter, and he's playing for a Telerik DevCraft collection. Supercharge your .NET productivity with Telerik DevCraft. This bundle includes over 420 UI controls for all .NET technologies, including ASP.NET AJAX, MVC, and WPF. Plus, you'll also receive Kendo UI, the HTML5 JavaScript framework, productivity, reporting, and debugging tools. Telerik DevCraft comes with three upgrades per year. And Telerik's industry leading support. Download your free 30 day trial today at Telerik.com slash DNR devcraft. Okay, John, when calling the system.io.file streams read method, what does the offset argument represent? A, the position in the file that you're reading, B, the position in the array that you're reading data into, or C, the number of time zones away from GMT your file is. <laughs>
6: <laughs> well, yeah. Contrary to popular beliefs, the offset is actually the position in the array when you want to write the file data. If you want to change the offset in the file itself, you have to call the sheet method. But don't forget, you know, you have to check the can sheet property first.
0: That's right. Well done, sir. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, it's well, B. You know, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I got it. All right. Jason,
4: time for a music theory
0: question. So, which of the following musical forms is an example of a rounded binary form? Is it ABA, AABB, or ABBA?
3: Really, a rounded (laughs) binary form? (laughs) What the hell are you talking about?
6: You guys laugh at rounded binaries, but let me tell you, in my world, it's rounded binary every day.
7: <laughs>
6: <laughs> I'm all about rounded binary. I know it's funny to you guys.
3: So I'm going to go with the rounded binary is actually the form of ABA.
0: Well, you know, it, it could be ABA, but it, it could also be... Or it might be it AABB, is. obviously. It could be AABB.
6: I'm talking about capital A, capital A, capital B, capital
0: B. Yeah, maybe you misunderstood. That was the one Mm. that's in question. Is is that what you're saying?
3: Yes. That's right.
1: Well done, sir. Well done. Got lucky on that one, huh? Congratulations to Bernhard Richter for winning the Telerik Devcraft Complete. That's right. Okay, up next, William
0: A. Benz is playing for a Component 1 Studio Enterprise collection. .NET controls for professional developers. Whether you're building the most modern touch-enabled apps or maintaining and updating legacy applications, Component 1's flagship product, Studio Enterprise, helps to deliver rich, responsive desktop and web apps on time and under budget. All right, John, when you find yourself in the catch clause of a C-sharp try-catch block that passes an exception named E, which of the following is the worst practice for throwing the exception you've just caught to the calling code, and why? Is it throw E, Uh B, throw, or C, Uh, throw new exception of E?
6: Well, obviously, throw E. Because why the exception stack clean. And it makes it much harder to tell where the original exception originated. Yeah. You know, for simplicity's sake, why don't you just say throw?
0: You got it!
1: <laughs> Jeez. Well done, sir.
6: How about that, huh? And you thought I was just... Uh, six string
3: guitar player <laughs> John Friggin uh, Schofield people. There you go We're talking
6: yeah, right, you know, No problem
0: here Oh man, alright, Jason Your turn yes. <laughs> What is the correct spelling Of a C-flat fully diminished Seventh chord in the third inversion Is it B-flat-flat, C-flat E-flat-flat, G-flat or B flat flat, C flat, E flat, G flat flat, or B flat flat flat, C flat, E flat flat, G flat flat.
3: So it was this, you said a C flat?
0: C flat, fully diminished seventh chord in the third inversion.
3: I'm going to go with number four.
0: Well, seeing as how there are only three, <laughs> ah, number four geez. is the closest one. So, yes, Hold you are on, correct.
3: Yeah, number three, the one with C triple flat. That's it. <laughs> well done. Brilliant. Okay. I wouldn't have called it C triple flat, though. Well, it's. Oh,
6: wait a minute. It's not really triple flat because it's B
1: right. flat, flat, flat. Exactly. Like a double flat, it's flat. <laughs> yes. What? Oh, uh, what? Yeah. And congratulations to William Benz for winning a Component One Studio Enterprise Suite.
6: Keep lapsing a minute. Oh, my God, my head hurts. Hold on. <laughs> John's <laughs> head hurts. Lord I man, can't imagine, Jason. Yeah. yeah, no. now I can't play anymore at all. What have you
7: guys done to me? <laughs> I think it's no longer work. <laughs> all
0: right. Uh, this, uh, Alan Wallman is playing now for a Developer Express Universal, the big one. Learn more and download your free 30-day trial at devexpress.com superhero. All right. John, here's your question. Okay. In a Visual Studio 2013 web project, under what condition will the Azimex web service template not show up in the add new item template list, and how do you fix it?
6: Uh, Well, you know... This only happens when your project targets framework version 4.5.1. And to fix it,
0: yep.
6: change the target framework to 4.5 and rebuild after the project reloads.
0: That Yeah, so that's I mean, it. You yeah, got it.
3: Awesome yeah. answer. I got it. Everybody else got it. Uh,
0: the, voice, the voice of experience. <laughs> winner, winner,
3: chicken dinner right there.
1: <laughs> Well, Mr. Schofield's three for three. How about you,
3: Jason? (laughs) Jason. Oh, my goodness.
1: Are you feeling the love,
3: Jason Olson? I am feeling the love, big time. All right. Which
0: note in a major or dominant 13th chord is commonly raised a semitone when the third is also present? A, the ninth, B, the 11th, or C, the 13th? Which note in a major or dominant 13th chord is commonly raised to semitone when the third is also
3: present? All right, it's the 11th. It's the 11th. Wow. Dude. Awesome. Well, I'm a jazz piano player. I play that chord all the time. Are you kidding me? All right. Well, so,
6: well, you know more about music than I do. <laughs> oh, uh, wait, 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 wait a minute. Uh, which note in
7: a
3: major or dominant 13th
6: chord Yeah, is raised to semitone? What's like a
7: a fret, right? Yeah. Well, and then
6: um, <laughs> when the third is also well, couldn't it be like a sharp nine chord? Like you could raise
3: a knife. It could be, but it seems like the sharp 11 you see most often.
6: Well,
3: yeah, that's,
6: but then the knife has to do something. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'll give it <laughs> to
3: you. Yeah, it could be a flat nine, a sharp nine. It could be all sorts of interesting things.
6: I'm still, actually, guys, I'm still thinking about B-triple-flat D- here, and I'm <laughs> oh, no, yeah. uh, trying to get my mind around that, but I, I'm going back to computers where, where I belong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you, John Schofield, for playing along with us today, and uh, what's next for you? Are you working on any new albums?
6: Let's see, the next release I have is with me and Martin Wood, and we have a... Uh, release in september of our new album juice
0: sweet i can't wait for that that's going to be hot
3: folks right there
6: yeah it's got some good stuff on it yeah we, we kind of hit it good but you know i'm playing gigs all around and uh and that.
0: all right well thanks for being awesome and thanks for coming on the show
6: Yeah. okay i'm gonna go back and uh try that double flat. Actually, actually, there's stuff in here for me. It's going to
0: be a good day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, John. All right, guys. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. Bye. Did
3: that just happen? <laughs> 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 Certainly, I'm still dreaming, and I haven't woken up for the day yet.
6: Message. Hey, Colin Richard, this is the monument Venkat! Excited to hear that you've done 1,000 shows.
7: <laughs>
6: yes, it is. Congratulations, guys.
7: <laughs> Second saved voice message.
8: Hi, this is Phil Hack just calling in to wish a handful minutes... Of- Wait. Oh, it's done it wrong? Oh, Colin Richard? Those Hack. Oh. Well, they are hacks out from my own heart. Just calling to wish.NET rocks a happy one thousandth episode.
5: Carl and Richard, you guys rock. Bye.
7: Third saved voice message.
6: Hey .NET rocks, this is Steve Forte. Congratulations on your thousandth episode. Here's to a
9: thousand more.
8: Hey, Carl and Richard, Brian Noyes here. Just wanted to wish you guys a happy millennial episode. Congratulations on such a huge milestone. Thanks for bringing so much knowledge and information to the .NET community for so long, and keep it up.
0: You know what I love about Brian? What's that? He's uh, just so understated. Yeah. And he's responsible for so many diverse topics that we've covered on .NET Rocks. If you go back and look at the stuff, he really is as close to a generalist as it gets. He really is. And I love that term millennial
1: episode. That's a good one.
0: That is a good one. Thanks, Brian.
9: This is Mark Manassi congratulating Carl and Richard on a thousand shows or as my friend Darth said when I mentioned it to him, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
8: that's so lame. Bring me the podcasts, I want them alive. <laughs> <standing> <laughs> Hi, Carl. Hi Richard. This is Chris Benz and I'd like to congratulate you to 1,000 episodes of the .NET Rocks podcast. And Also, I'd like to thank you for your community service for that. You started over 11 years ago and looking back at the archives, I see some real gems, interviews with friends of mine, like an early one with Ingo Rama, who was barely at legal age then, uh, <laughs> or titles that rhyme like Buyer and Wire or was it Wire hmm? and Buyer? Oh, I don't remember. I was featured in an episode <laughs> number 757, and that was only two years ago, a little bit less actually, and you are already at number 1,000, so you did increase the pace, so all the best, looking forward to the next 1,000 episodes. Cheers.
3: Hello, this is Gail from PulseSharp. You would probably not know PulseSharp without .dotnet Rocks. I could see a big difference in Polsharp's popularity just uh, following the first uh, Polsharp recording at Rocks. This was back in 2008 and PostSharp would not be a successful company today and I could not make a living out of my passion without the wonderful work of Carl and Richard. So thank you so much for this 999 episodes. And mm-hmm. I really hope that zero the next based. thousands episodes are going to be <laughs> awesome too. Thank you and congratulations. <laughs> did he really 0 base <laughs> us? He did 0 basis us.
0: But you know, what's true, what's really cool is that he thanks us, but it's really the listeners that made his company, you know, and his product a viable product, right?
1: We well, you heard you know, about that's it. that's episode 298. Like, that's a long time ago. 2007? Yeah. Yep. You know? It's that, amazing that he is stuck with that product and kept on growing it. And yeah, obviously, people have, have used it. We maybe put a little, shine a little light on it, but it's uh, in the end, it's the listeners that went and downloaded it and pressed on it.
0: Yeah. So, I don't feel responsible for the success, but I certainly do appreciate I, the the win-win uh, uh, situations that we sort of helped to bring about on the show. For sure. And that was one of them.
10: This is Billy Hollis. I can't believe you've done 14 years of .NET Rocks. I still remember doing episode three. (laughs) I really can't believe you're still letting me rant about stuff. Well done, guys. It's been tons of fun, especially the road tours. I particularly remember when Carl almost fell out of his chair laughing when we were talking about blonde supermodels in San Diego. (laughs) So keep on doing them and keep on having fun.
0: What was that? It was like, he said, imagine that you, I can't remember what his metaphor was, but it's something like you you know, you you marry Cindy Crawford or something and you wake up with yep. some- Beside this
1: alien lizard. Yeah. You don't even <laughs> recognize this human, let alone <laughs> sexy. <laughs> San Diego, was that the 2005 tour? I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Wow.
0: A metaphor for technology that involves waking up with your supermodel wife looking like a lizard. Yeah, <laughs> that was kind of funny, <laughs> Billy. <laughs> yeah. Well, our good friend Jim Holmes has this heartfelt message for us.
8: 1,000 shows. That is just amazing, and it's a tremendous accomplishment. You guys have done a whole lot for helping many in the .NET industry to to really raise themselves up by their own bootstraps, if you will. Um, I'm particularly thankful to you guys because even when I vehemently disagreed with how some of your guests approached things like design and craftsmanship or testing, um, (laughs) it it was always thought provoking and that's a great thing. I also want to thank you guys for bringing on um, folks like Venkat Sobermanium uh, who many in the .NET community wouldn't know much about and these are the kind of folks that emphasize how critical the human side of our industry is meaning you know the technology isn't the hard part Uh, figuring out lambdas or restful services or you know whatever it's about the communication and other things and you guys bringing on occasionally folks like Venkat um, just helped reinforce what had already known um, about how software needed to get built. Um, and I'd also like to thank you guys personally for your involvement with Codemash over the years. You guys were definitely a part of helping us grow that conference. And I was, uh, enjoyed having both of you around because you're both good pals. And of course, uh, you know, if I wouldn't have met Carl, uh, I would not have picked the guitar back up after like 35 years of, uh, being away from music. So there's there's a personal yeah. involvement with the both of you as well, because uh, you're both great pals. 1,000 shows, guys. That's just amazing. Many congratulations and many heartfelt thanks from me.
0: This is turning into a eulogy, isn't it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, they, and they rode off into the sunset. Yeah, it was a good show. You guys yeah. have
0: done so much. Now it's time for you to go away.
1: <laughs> nice. Do you remember that panel we did, uh, show 630 at Code Mash with the Java Posse? Oh, God. Well, that was so much fun. Did we? Didn't we polish off a whole bottle of bourbon and wipe those guys out? I believe we did. Let's play a clip <laughs> from that.
0: So, anyway, I think they've taken, you know, people like Anders, to your point, and... Leveraged what the the core fundamentals of Java, where it's a virtual yep. machine, garbage collection, all that sort of stuff, yeah. and said, okay, let's just add some things onto this
10: and continue. And
0: they had been doing that kind of thing with Visual Basic, believe it or not. The Visual Basic runtime is the little virtual machine, and they had been, you know, doing garbage collection since you know Quick Basic. So the ideas weren't foreign, but just taking that to the to the process level, you know. So, this clip is from a little over halfway uh, through the show. Bill Wagner had given us a couple of bottles of Maker's Mark with our names on them. You know, his uncle works for the company, so he right. gets those kind of perks. And we decided to, this was in the evening, so it was the evening session. Nobody was driving anywhere. We decided to crack
1: open my bottle, I think it was, yes. and share it with the Java Posse guys. And uh, it, Joe Knox was making a serious point about... The, you know, sort of relationship between .NET and Java's design.
0: Right. So, we were talking about how uh, Microsoft borrowed from Java and people like Anders and things. Uh, so, we were... This is the kind of the conversation went before and after we finished that bottle. Yeah. Holy crap. Wait, I'll take the rest. <laughs> go
1: ahead. Yeah, Let me kill it. It's his <laughs> bottle after all. Just feel the One bottle down. One Mis- down. Mr. Wagner, I'd like to point out, we have delivered.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One empty bottle of Maker's Mark. Wow. One down, four to go. One. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, 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 <laughs> the, the the question originally was, you know, the influence of the of um, on the community, and and what was I trying to say? <laughs> so the question, question what? Well, actually, I, we were fine, but those guys were, they were,
1: feeling they were getting it. a little blurry.
10: Richard. Don Kiley here. A thousand episodes? You've done a thousand.NET rocks? That's just awesome! <laughs> and you keep it all so fresh and interesting. I just don't know how you guys do it. I was first on the show for Episode 78 back in, oh my gosh, 2004? Something like that. I can't believe it was so long ago. And you know, I have to tell you that I was pretty nervous in the days leading up to it. I prepared so much stuff about security scared to death that I wouldn't have enough to talk about But then the whole experience was so much fun. It was just friends geeking out on technology, and the time just flew by. It was a little easier the second time, when I stepped in at the last minute at the live show at DevConnections. I had a great time then, too, despite my usual sleep-deprived, (laughs) conference-zombie-state. So congratulations on such a huge milestone. You guys rock. And I want to thank you both for all that you do for the .NET community. You're so supportive in so many ways. And I'm truly honored to call you guys friends. Thanks a lot.
4: Hey, Carl and Richard, this is Beth Massey. Congrats on a thousand shows. Whoa, I cannot believe it. What an amazing accomplishment. I'm really honored to have been one of your many amazing guests over the years. I mean,.NET Rocks and the both of you have done so much good for the entire Visual Studio and Microsoft developer community. Best of all, you've become great friends of mine over the years because of it. Here's to 1,000 more shows, guys. Woohoo! I love you. Bye.
0: Richard, we got an email from one Imad Alashi, who says, "'Dear Carl and Richard, you have no idea what you did. I graduated from university in 2003. I loved programming a lot, but the only person I could find to share this passion with was my older brother.' I didn't know any of my local community. A year later, I discovered you. I listened to every episode. I downloaded it when bandwidth was really expensive. Archived it. I indexed it and took it with me everywhere. You were in the car, in the bus, while running, in long queues, before sleep. I remember Rory Blythe and his craziness and the long intro that seemed to last for ages. I was even (laughs) happily shocked when it was shortened. (laughs) I learned a lot from the show. Every episode meant new terms that I would look up and add to my knowledge belt and a new guest that I follow. I was ahead of my peers in many occasions because I knew more. Then, when I knew about my local user group in Jordan. 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 Wow! I was already fueled by your show, and I had a lot of passion to share. And then after a while, your show even inspired me more. I decided to create my own podcast in my own language of Arabic. So I created .NET Araby in 2008, and we're going to provide a link to that. Being a hobby podcast, I had no revenue from it, and I still don't, but due to my contribution to my local user group and .NET Araby, I was awarded the MVP award, which opened doors for me in many places, ending up where I am in Australia. Through all these years, I was hungry for more. I looked up more podcasts so many times, but you know what? Nothing beats .NET Rocks. Till this very day, you are number one on my podcast list. I never miss an episode and your voices are the most recognized to my technical brain. Thanks for your great influence you had on my technical life. Thanks, Carl, for this amazing journey. And thanks, Richard, for being the best co-host on this show. Aww. net rocks, rocks. Now that's a success story.
1: <laughs> that's pretty awesome.
0: Thanks, Emad. You know we're going to send you a mug or two or three, and we're definitely giving <laughs> props to .dotnet uh I, You know we real we don't realize that the internet is truly international, and sometimes we just feel like we're talking to each other. But all people all over the world hear hear us, and 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 uh, we we do have uh, you know not just us podcasts in general have have such a big effect on people's lives for sure.
1: Hey, Carl, I've got an email here from David James. Let me read it to you. Uh, Hello, Carl and Richard. I thought I'd take the time out to write to you guys to congratulate you on your upcoming 1,000th show. What an impressive milestone, if not just for the dedication required, but also for the wide and varied range of topics covered over the years. I don't think I've done anything purposeful a hundred times, never mind a thousand. Purposeful? Hmm. I think we're purposeful. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Secondly, I'd like to say thank you. Thank you for providing such a useful podcast. I listen avidly every week and have been since 2009, which makes me a relative newcomer, I guess. Personal favorites include the recent 980, Managing Your Career with John Sanmez, And I have to say that Richard said something in the show that literally made me stop, rewind and play it about five times. He was talking about the fear of regret regarding the pricing of mobile apps. Yeah. Wow. It was a total epiphany for me and my company's pricing model and got me thinking about how we can remove that fear of regret. Over the coming weeks, we will release our proposal to that conundrum. Hmm. It reminded me that although the show could often be deeply technical, it remains self aware that technology does not exist in a vacuum within itself. Mm-hmm. This has not been a single instance occurrence as over many years, I have had many other aha moments and it wouldn't be unfair to say you guys have indirectly influenced many of my decisions by making me aware of new and different tools, techniques, and ways of approaching challenges. Mm. For example, in episode 945, DevOps on Azure with Michelle Bustamante really changed the way I thought about how we utilize the full range of services on Azure through BizSpark to lower our costs. Indeed. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm based in the UK and started my career as a Java developer in 2005. Towards the end of the decade, I transitioned to .NET and now I own and run my own startup called TotalCarCheck.co.uk, written in ASP.NET MVC. Awesome. Along with others such as Scott Hanselman and Troy Hunt, you guys have inspired me to start a blog, (laughs) TheAntistartup.com, to start giving back to the .NET community some of the tips and tricks and failures that have helped my company grow. It's impossible to say what would have happened if I hadn't started listening to your podcast, but I can definitely say it has shaped my career and life for the better. Awesome. Awesome story. And yet you never, you know, we rip out a lot of one-liners here and there about things we've read and stuff we've thought about. You never know how that's going to influence people. True. True deal. It's uh, it, it just makes me so happy to,
0: to know that uh, we're, we're part of something where, where people are getting real value out of it and uh, doesn't hurt. Absolutely. So, we got an email from one Alexander Preston. Now, do you remember when we were doing the Infusion ads? Uh, Oh, yeah. When Infusion was opening offices all over the world. Right. Uh, This is a company Nick Landry went to work for and he met these great Mm -hmm. guys down in New York City. And uh, we did this really great win-win for us. Now, we don't, you know, we're not recruiters and we don't like to uh, have recruiters advertise on the show. But he had an interesting company that uh, was looking for a particular type of developer that fit the .NET Rock's listener profile perfectly. And so, what he did was, uh, he he ran, we ran some ads with him and uh, just sort of did this commission thing. And it turned out to be good for us, uh, great for our listeners who went to work for him. And um, every once in a while, we hear from one of those listeners that went to work for Infusion and tell us what a great uh, company it is and what a good time mm-hmm. they had. So This is one of those. Hi, Carl and Richard. I had moved to New York City from the UK to pursue a career in software development. I took the first job that I could find that would relocate me and sponsor me for a visa. It didn't work out so well, because the company I joined immediately downsized and let go half of the developers. I somehow survived, probably more luck than anything else because I was so new to the game. The dev team was relocated from a funky loft by Union Square to a completely empty floor in Midtown. It was like living in a weird parody. There were three managers and maybe 12 developers. The managers were in the window offices at the edge of the floor, and the developers were in the center cluster of 12 desks. Hmm, sounds familiar. Yeah. This floor could probably accommodate 150 people, and we were just 12 at the center. It was a bit strange. <laughs> it was a bit strange, and something didn't feel right. Then we were relocated to a basement on Park Avenue. Yeah, we're going to move you to the basement. <laughs> Nice to work on Park, but the basement there was obviously no natural light there no cell phone reception. We were building an enterprise-level web app. There was no build server, but there was a special build machine where someone would go for a couple of hours to create a new build of the product and deploy it for testing. This didn't seem right, even to the young me, so I discovered things like cruise control and tried to set them up. The code base was in such a state that a one-step build was not possible without some significant effort and refactoring, and I couldn't convince anyone of the value of it. That's very cute, Alex, but I need you to go and do a new compile so I can test it. (laughs) No natural light, no best practices, no phone reception, no hope, and no growth. I, (laughs) I started to think that perhaps the stories I was hearing on .NET Rocks were all made up and no one was actually doing things properly. Oh, boy, I bet there's a bunch of listeners that can relate. Yeah. Until one day, you briefly hosted Greg Brill on the show. He announced the New York tour, where they would relocate .NET developers to New York City for one year to work for their investment bank clients. Since I was already in New York, I figured it'd be a no-brainer for him to hire me. I got through the very tough interview process... Just about unscathed, and my first day at Infusion ended up being less than two months after hearing Greg on DNR. Wow. I remember the show exactly. It was Ted Patterson shows us SharePoint number one eighty nine from wow. five minutes and ten seconds in. <laughs> That's funny. That's a long at time Infusion. Back. I never looked back. They grew me as a person, a developer, a consultant, and a leader. I traveled working for clients in New York. London, Dubai, Abu Dhabi, Beirut, Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, and Doha in Qatar. The culture and the caliber of the people around me at that formative time have had a great impact on my career. I'm now a firm believer that over time, you become the average of everyone you spend time with. So, seek out people better than you if you want to improve. I am now a small business owner back at home in London and trying to build my own empire. I have a small but tight team of great developers, and we search out high-value projects to execute in an agile way. My core values are increasing developer productivity and efficiency. We're trained in Scrum and carefully adopt select best practices to maximize our output and quality. What a sufficiently productive developer or team can accomplish in a short amount of time is indistinguishable from magic to most clients. Nice. So... So, as well as all the great content, thanks so much to .NET Rocks for making this connection between myself and Greg Brill and Infusion. It was a real game changer for me. As a slight aside to the above story, and this is where it gets funny, kids, I was the first Infusion consultant to relocate to the Dubai office and spent three great years there. It was an opulent place, and I was able to afford the rent in an apartment in a building on the Palm Jermyra, overlooking the sea with its own private beach and infinity pool, all that jazz. The That's all that
1: created land, right? That they, they built a palm tree in the, uh, the Persian Gulf? Well, they built an island that looks like a
0: palm tree from the air. Is that yeah. what you mean? Yeah. And I probably didn't say it right, but okay. The apartment had a decent-sized balcony, and I had a floor-standing hammock on it. I had a party there at one point, and Nick Landry was in town as we were building a new website for one of the locally based major airlines. Hmm.
1: (laughs) That would be
0: Emirates. (laughs) The hammock's reinforced iron frame was no match for Nick. And some of of my other friends... (laughs) And some of my other friends as well. And it capitulated under the load. To be fair, there were four people on it, but I still blame Nick for the incident to this day. (laughs) He also said he'd give me 100 denarii, about 30 bucks for the repair, but never did.
1: (laughs) What a jerk.
0: I love it. Oh, man. Wasn't that a great email? That's awesome. What a great story. Yeah. Well, Alexander, thank you so much for that. And uh, we'll send a couple of mugs to you or a hoodie or whatever you want from our store, just for being awesome. Well, Richard, we've done yeah, it. Yeah, buddy. We've come to the end of our 1,000th show. Yeah. Not a whole lot of nutritional content there, but what the heck. Every once in a while, we need to pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> well, and have some laughs, too. The music that you heard in between uh, each of these was from Been A While. That's my album, by the way. If you want to download that for free, it's now all available at carlfranklin.com. Go awesome. for it. I love it. So, what's next, Richard? I don't know. Another thousand shows? Another thousand shows? Are we going to spin off a geek out show into another title like Richard's Brain or Richardpedia or Carl and Richard, the Carl and Richard Show?
1: I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, I know we we just published the nuclear weapons show, so I'm ready for something fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to uh, I'm going to do one on music. Awesome. So I'm really looking forward to it. Maybe we'll do one on digital audio first. But listeners, if you have any any suggestions whatsoever, please leave them on the website or you can use any of our mobile apps. As you know, we have them for Windows 8, Windows Phone 8, iOS and Android, made by Diatom Enterprises. And uh, you can leave a comment right there as well. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll see you next time. On show 1001 <laughs> <laughs> on .NET Rocks.
5: Hey guys, it's Chris Sells. I wanted to call and congratulate you for a thousand shows. I can't believe that's happened already. You guys have become an integral part of the .NET ecosystem and from um, all of uh, the developers um, in .NET, I'd like to thank you for being there for us. Um, Every new technology, every new tool, every new trend, you guys have been there to lead us through it. And I hope you keep being there for another thousand more shows, whether
1: it's .net or whatever comes next. Can't wait to see what's next. Talk to you guys later. Bye.
9: Hi, guys. Jim Duffy here. I just want to add my congratulations, Chuck and Ralph, on quite an accomplishment. Hold on, I'm being interrupted by my assistant, Michael. Can't you see I'm on the phone? What? It's not Chuck and Ralph? Are you sure? I I think you're wrong. I know these two guys. They're fellow Microsoft regional directors. Chuck is a talented musician. Okay, semi-talented. Well, he can play the guitar, if you want to call what he does playing. And Ralph is that nerdy hardware guy with the podcast for people running around with their radio or, or something like that. What? It's Carl and Richard? Yeah, Carl and Richard, Chuck and Ralph. What's the difference? They're all just fake stage names anyway, right? Anyway, congratulations, Chuck. I mean, Carl and Richard on your 100th .NET Rock show. Let me be the first to say, hold on, what is it now, Michael? It's 1,000 shows and not 100? Yeah, 1,000, 100. They both start with one and have a bunch of zeros after it. What's the difference? Congratulations, Carl and Robert. I mean, Carl and Richard on your 1,000th show. It's quite an accomplishment and something to be very proud of. Wishing you the best of luck to get to your 2000 show. Congratulations, guys.